Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. And Rose, this is a special episode because it is the first one of our second year doing this podcast. It's so and hard to believe that it's been it's a year. Un it's unbelievable. And we want to thank all of you who have been listening as we shared truths that stuck out to us in our daily reading this year. And we want to assure you that as we go through the Bible in 2024, we will be dealing with different parts than we did last year. We're not going to repeat the same thing, although, although that, that would be, be really simple. <laughs> so keep on listening. Also, for those of you who just completed your first year of reading through the entire Bible, we want to congratulate you because that is not an easy accomplishment. It's definitely not, especially the first time. But we want to encourage you, the more you do it, you start to see things, you start to make connections, you start to get the passages that you recognize. And I think it's more fun the more you do it. I think it's more interesting. And I, and I do think it gets a little easier because you just start connecting dots. Yes, I think so too. And we want to tell all of you that this year on our other podcast, No Trash, Just Truth, we're starting the year with a series called Rock Solid Foundation. And we're doing foundational truths found in the book of Genesis. So we're in Genesis here for a couple of weeks, Genesis in our daily reading and Genesis and no trash, just truth. So if you want to dive deeper into the first book of the Bible, Genesis, take a listen to that. We will be on Genesis for several weeks in no trash, just truth. And we just started it January 1st. Chris, with all that being said, let's get started and talk about Genesis and start our year two of 5 a.m. theology. Okay. So the passage we're going to look at today is Genesis 3, verse 4, but I'm going to start reading at verse 1. And the passage says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. There are so many new things that stick out to me in these four verses. I can't fit any more notes in my Bible. I'm going to have to buy a notebook about these four verses. But what stuck out to me from the passage this year is what Satan says in verse four. And this is the first time that the doctrine of God's judgment is denied. And that's big. And I want to call out some popular teachers who are doing the exact same thing as Satan did in verse four. It's the oldest lie in the book. And it's been circulating ever since this happened in the garden. We see it throughout the Bible in other places. Chris, some people even believe and teach that not only will humanity not come under God's judgment, but they believe that Satan and the demons won't either, or that they don't even exist. In 553 AD, the Second Council of Constantinople, the church denounced the heretical belief that all beings, even Satan himself, would eventually be saved. But theologians keep perpetrating the lie that there's no judgment for sin. One of the most popular spreaders of this heresy is the Bible Project. And I know a lot of people love their videos, but this is the stuff they're spreading. Tim Mackey and John Collins, the founders of the Bible Project, deny that there's hell. 
Tim Mackey does a teaching where he says, humans made hell or sin or evil, whatever you want to call it. And then he goes on to say that hell is a place sustained by God's mercy and care where God allows people to not be in relationship with them if they don't want to be. Not exactly the hell that the Bible depicts. <laughs> not at all. First of all, the Bible doesn't define hell as sin or as evil. And Matthew 25, 41 says, then he, meaning Jesus, will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So hell is a place. And who prepared hell? Not humans, God. Does hell, according to those words that I just read of Jesus's rose, seem like a place of mercy and care like the Bible Project teaches? Not to me. No, not even close. I know the method of teaching that the Bible Project uses to teach is really cool. It is. And I'll admit, these guys are fantastic artists and they do get some teaching correct, but they are unbiblical on many foundational doctrines, not just this one. Chris, there's another popular false teacher on the doctrine of hell or judgment for sin, and that's Richard Rohr. Now, Richard Rohr claims to be a Christian, but he's a Franciscan priest and he's a mystic. Hugely popular, but not a Christian. When it comes to the doctrine of hell, he says he's in agreement with Pope John Paul II, who says that heaven and hell are not physical places at all. So the Pope who is supposed to be the guy who gets direct words from God, doesn't think heaven and hell is a physical place. We won't go into that. But, but what does the Bible say about heaven and hell being real places? All those references that Jesus makes to cutting off some part of your body is better than being thrown into hell? Certainly seems like hell is a place. When it talks about Jesus coming down from heaven or the angels coming down from heaven, sounds like heaven's a place. In Luke 12, 5, Jesus says, we should fear the one who has authority to throw us into hell. Again, sounds like a place. I don't know how you throw something into something if that something's not a place. Me neither. Richard Rohr is a snake. He looks at the Bible passage that talk about hell as texts that weren't meant to show hell as a huge threat. His words. Those were texts, in his words, meant to be challenging or inspiring, but not punitive. In other words, they were meant to inspire us to live right. They weren't about God's judgment for sin. Like we said, we're doing the book of Genesis and no trash, just truth. Look at the flood. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. They are pictures of God's judgment. They are not abstract things. They are things that actually happened. And Who's God inspiring to live right when he destroys the entire world but eight people in a flood? Or when he destroys the entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm telling you, these people are snakes. Richard Rohr is a snake. I agree. Richard Rohr also says that Matthew's gospel has a lot of punitive language. And he, meaning Richard Rohr, believes that's probably, in his words, because Matthew had punitive parenting as a child. Well, the Holy Spirit inspired what Matthew said. I'm telling you, stay away from Richard Rohr. He's not a Christian. Chris, there's been a lot of popular preachers ever since Satan's first lie in the garden. 
who say they're a Christian or a follower of God before Jesus, and yet deny the doctrine of hell. Rob Bell, who I didn't like when he first came out, and Carlton Pearson, just to name a few. Anyone who claims that in the end, God will save everyone because God is love is teaching heresy. And understand, they're not doing anyone any favors. That teaching is not going to help anyone. It's heresy. Jesus spoke about hell more than any other person in scripture. Mark 9, Matthew 13, Luke 16, just to name a few. And he taught that not only would Satan and the demons go there, but unsaved people are going to too. Yeah, these people are snakes. And here's something to consider if you're in any way pondering whether this doctrine of hell is real. What would it say about Jesus's propitiation for a believer's sin if in the end there's no judgment for sin of anyone? What would that say about Jesus's words in the Bible? Are we going to believe his words? Are we going to believe that we're more compassionate than Jesus was <laughs> because we would never send somebody to a place like that? Like you say, Rose, think this through to its very end. Yeah. Jesus's death and punishment in our place show just how much he loved us and loves us still and the love with which we should love him in return. So stay away from these snakes. Don't be like Eve and fall for the lie that there's no judgment for sin. And don't support these false teachers that do. They are spreading lies. And as you said, Rose, they are giving people a lot of false hope. Yeah, that's a good place to end for this morning. Have a blessed morning, everyone.